despite all the things that clamor for our attention. Despite all the other voices that come to us, Father, we can pick yours out. And I thank you for it. Here tonight, our ears are attentive to the things the Spirit would be saying. And we thank you for the revelation that you give us. That our eyes are open to things that we need to hear and need to understand. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that is here with us tonight. We give you the glory and praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Well, you may be seated. Well, this is our first night for the meetings. We have tonight, two tomorrow, and also uh, one on Sunday. Now, tomorrow we have a couple of meals we're doing with you. If you are planning on coming and you haven't let us know that you're planning on coming, just let us know. We do want to make sure we have enough food for y'all. That's all. We don't want you to have to go out and get food other places. We want you to be like, just come here and, and stay and enjoy. And uh, now for some, some of you folks, this is the first time you've, you've heard these, uh, these folks minister. And we want you to have time to listen to them and to, to let them minister to you. And at the end of the service, we'll take up an offering. And then we'll take up an offering the other ones. And all the offering that comes in is going to them. When you're making out a check, though, just make it out to Zoe Christian Fellowship because we're just going to give them one check because I think that's easier for them to do. Now, if you do give them a check directly, that's fine. But uh, we don't give you a tax receipt at the end of the year because we don't even know that. <laughs> that's the only thing that's different now. But most of the times we, we do that. So we have all that business stuff taken care of and out, of the, out of the way. Now, here's how we're going to be going here for the meetings. Most of the time when we have the meetings and we have these things going on, you don't see me until the end of the service. We just like to have the meetings and the worship just create a time of, of uh, ministry. And then uh, we're just going to have whoever's coming up. Uh, tonight's Gina. She's going to come on up and minister. And we want them just to come on up and, and to, uh, to take over the service. So if you're here for the other nights, after the worship service, they're just going to come on up and, and, and take. There's no reason for me to be here. But tonight there is because we're introducing them and this is the first time here. If it wasn't their first time here, I probably wouldn't even do it. You know, we have other folks that come on by just to just take it. They all know who you are. And that's, uh, and that's good. So we're going to enjoy some of the things that are, that are here. If anyone is here and you need sermon notes, Keith is in the back and he will hand them out to you. We do have them in the, do we have, we do have them in the back? Oh, okay. We, uh, apparently we'll have to get, get some of those, but we will have them. And if you like them, if you see Keith floating around, Raise your hand up, and we'll give you some, some things to take some notes on. If you brought an iPad or phone or something like that, you like to take your notes on that, feel free. Take your notes on that. There is an um, uh, Internet connection, too, if you need to have that. But if you want to get onto our internet, internet connection, you have to use the words, my church. Even if it's not your church, you still have to use the word, my church. No, uh, no uppercase, just my church, and that, will, that password will get you in just, uh, just fine to that. So, Gina, come on. Praise the Lord. Good evening. Um, let's see. What should I use for my... I've got my, my stuff that I have to deal with. It's all right if you take your notes on a notepad, but you must not check Facebook. <laughs> all laptops and phones will be confiscated if I see the Facebook logo glowing up from someone's, someone's deal. I'm sure y'all are all too spiritual to do that, but... <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's wonderful to be here. Good evening. Good evening. We're so happy to be here with you guys. We've already had a wonderful time fellowshipping with your pastors. We didn't meet till yesterday. And this was, you know, this was 
kind of like a blind date. <laughs> but God put this thing together because it is so wonderful the way it, we just have been enjoying what it's like to be in the body of Christ. I was thinking two things that really made me um, just enjoy these this last 24 hours is one thing, I just don't think there is any other way except for that you're in Christ together. And especially when you're from the same branch of the family. <laughs> you know, we're from the spirit-filled word of faith branch of the family. So we have a ton in common before we even say hello. And um, we found that out right away. And it's just amazing. I just immediately you feel connected and comfortable and like, I'm just with family. I just hadn't met them till yesterday. But <laughs> so that's really wonderful. And um, so we feel the same way about you. Hopefully, we'll get to it. one of the great things about us having a um, meal tomorrow. We'll be here around for the meal at lunchtime. And so we'll get to visit with you guys and hopefully just get to know you a little bit. And also, we have a few people here. This is the other thing I was thinking that was amazing because we have some friends from um, Syracuse that couple of them we haven't seen since 2006. <laughs> and, you know, it, that, and we, I've, we've, of course, Kelly and I travel a lot, so, and we have moved quite a bit. And so we, we, run, we connect with people, reconnect sometimes after 10 and 15 years. And the body of Christ connections, when you're connected with somebody in the spirit, it never gets old. It is just like you see them, and it's like, oh, I just saw you yesterday. No, wait, it was 2006. <laughs> but, but it's just such a supernatural. Sometimes we just need to say law, you know, stop and think about this amazing thing that we are part of called the body of Christ, the forever family of God, that we are joined together. <gasps> and Harry and Raquel, <laughs> I just saw Two more of our dear friends that I hadn't seen till just now. And this how special this is and how supernatural. I think sometimes because because it's so natural to us, we forget it's supernatural. And and so I just wanted to take a moment and go, This is cool. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So um if you will open your Bibles this evening to Ephesians six. Uh we are going to we're going to go over some things. I'm curious now, those of you I know already know the answer to this, but how many of you have been around the things of God, the Word of God, for, say, more than five years? Any? Yeah, most most everybody. Uh, usually when you have a prayer conference, that's who comes. <laughs> those are the people that have been around long enough to know that prayer really is important and matters. And so I, I want to prep you for what we're going to talk about tonight because um, we are, you are probably knowing just from what we've learned already with your pastors, you're probably not going to hear one thing that's absolutely brand new. Maybe you will. But I believe this. You're going to hear it at a higher level. You're going to receive it at a, in a deeper level. The... I learned this in working with Healing School, um, both Kelly and I in years past in churches. We've been, we ministered healing to people in uh, Healing School. And it was interesting because when the people would come in for Healing School and we were going to pray with them or we were going to share the word with them and minister to them, we always wished that we would not have the old-time word of faith people to minister to. We wanted like 
the newly born again Catholic. That's usually what we wanted. <laughs> because they received so easy. It was like you tell them that Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. And you tell them that he bore that, that scripture. He bore your sicknesses and carried your diseases. It's really true. And it's literal. And they would say, really? Wow, that's great. And then you would say, all you have to do is believe and receive. And they'd say, that's all there is to it. And you'd go, yeah. And, you, and they would get healed like that. It was wonderful. And then we'd come, the old timers, which I am one now. So, <laughs> so I can say this without being critical. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you would start to minister to them. And you'd say, the scripture says, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. He bore your sicknesses. And they go, I know that. I've known that for years. And it's almost like, yeah, what else you got? Because I've known that and I'm still sick. And, and it was, became difficult to get the truth across to them because there is this thing that says, I know that. I've heard that. And, and this, there's a scripture where Paul talks about in Corinthians. This isn't our launching scripture, but I want to quote it. Because he talks about to the Corinthians that he was afraid at one point that they were going to be drawn away from the simplicity that is in Christ. And this is the amazing thing. And, and the more years, and this has been so alive in me recently, and it seems like the more years I walk with the Lord, the more I realize that the greatest wisdom is the simplest. This is the beauty. This is the staggering power of the gospel is its simplicity. And we, we know that about getting born again, which we'll see tonight. You know, we know it's really simple to get born again, but then, it's, then we can like start making things complicated, <laughs> you know, after that. But the truth is, from beginning to end, from babyhood to maturity, it's really the message of Christ, the same message, only we keep getting it at higher levels and we keep understanding more dimensions of it and we keep walking in it in a greater maturity and faith and it takes us to whole new places. But it's the same thing we ever heard before. <laughs> but it's taken us to a whole new place and it's like, wow, it's like I never heard that before. So can I ask you to listen like that to what we're going to go over tonight? And I'm believing to receive right along with you. And I just want to pray myself just a moment. Father, we thank you for utterance in the Holy Spirit tonight. Lord, we are believing to hear from you. And we thank you that you are always faithful when we believe that you're going to speak, that you do speak. And that when we believe we're going to hear, we do hear. And so, Father, we thank you tonight for this. We thank you that there is life on the word of God. And that, Father, we receive life tonight. And, Lord, we just put a stake in the ground. We don't, we don't want to just hear a message and go out and live the way we did before. But, Father, we want to come up higher tonight. We really are hungry. Like we sang tonight, we are hungry and we are thirsty for you. And we're hungry and we're thirsty to come up to higher places and to deeper places. Lord, the word says that the riches of Christ are unsearchable. And so, Father, we believe to receive greater dimensions and like a greater deposit in our awareness and revelation of the riches in Christ. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to start with Ephesians 6. And we're going to start in verse 10. 
I'm just going to make this a, a launching pad for us. And really, I'm going to kind of read it backwards. Because we're, I'm reading from 10, verse 10 to verse 18 in order to get to verse 18. <laughs> and really, we're camping on verse 18. But I just feel it's good to read it in context. And so we're going to read verse 18, then we'll back up and read back to it. Verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watch, everybody say, in the Spirit. This is a Spirit-led prayer conference, so we're going to be talking about being in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Okay, that's where we're going, but let's back up. In verse 10, Paul starts this. And he is headed towards verse 18 this whole time. So this is a prayer passage of scripture. Sometimes we break this up and we study it by itself. That's fine. But the whole passage fits together. And he starts out and says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Everybody say, in the Lord. Lord. Be strong in the Lord. I like in the Amplified it says this, Be empowered through your union with him. Everybody wants prayer power, right? (laughs) When we pray, we want to pray with power. And this says, be empowered through your union with him. It says in the Amplified, draw your strength from him, that strength which his his boundless might provides. Then it says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now, I want to say something about this because we're talking about this in the context of prayer. And you'll notice that all the things we just read are all, they're all in the spirit realm, right? There's not one thing that you can see or touch that we just read about that we're wrestling against. It's all over in a dimension, in an unseen dimension, spirit realm. So these are spirits, it says, that we're wrestling against. Now, I just want to say this. We probably won't get deep into it, but I think it's important to say. Um, this word wrestle here, there's a lot, there, there can be a lot of things that happen in prayer when people start talking about dealing with principalities and powers and stuff in prayer. Well, this, it's helpful to know what this word wrestle means to get that in the right perspective. The word wrestle means to, um, I'm going to read it because I'm going to get it just right. It is a context, a contest between two individuals in which the victor pins the opponent down with his hand on his neck until victory is declared. So it is literally a wrestling match. So, so picture this, you know, somebody for a wrestling match, somebody's going to be on top, right? The winner's on top, the loser's on the bottom. And it says, you know, you have your hand on his neck. And in wrestling, they, go, they, they count down, you know, and if he can't move, you got it. Well, this is a great picture and one that, that I feel like is, is key to keeping us where we need to be in prayer. Because guess who is the one on the top? Us. <laughs> because we are in Christ. This is connected to the verse that we just read. Be strong in the Lord. Jesus is not having to pull down principalities and powers. He already did it. 
he, right? He already defeated them. Colossians says he defeated principalities and powers, you know, and he made a spoil of them openly, triumphing over him in, them in it. And it says he's now seated and they're under his feet. That's, that's, that's Jesus. And guess where we are? We're strong in him. So this whole wrestling match isn't about a principality that's going, I've got this region and I can keep it and there's nothing you can do about it. No, because they're already defeated. Now they will say that, (laughs) but here's the thing. Our job is not to pull down the principality. Our job is to be strong in the Lord. Because if we are strong in the Lord, guess what we do to anything that gets in the way of what the Lord told us to do? any spiritual adversary we put our hand or i like to say our foot yeah in our case we put our foot to to the neck or the head of the adversary and say i'm over you so you might say well where's the wrestling part the wrestling part is this um the devil it is not that we are wrestling to bring the devil down it is that he is he is always trying to bring us down you see that? He, is, he uses everything in life. He uses, you know, every symptom that you feel in your body, every frustration you run into, and he turns that against you and goes, see, you're not a victor in Christ. See, you're not seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so he's always wrestling with us using circumstances and everything, and he's trying to pull us down. And our job, both in prayer and in our walk with the Lord is we stay up. We stay in him. Does that make sense? So I wanted to say that, even though we're going somewhere else to happen. So, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, in verse 13, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. So you just stand your ground. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. So you notice this is all runs together. So we've come all the way through this, the whole armor, everything is all getting us ready to pray always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So I w- what we want to talk about this tonight is being in the Spirit. I've got some hair in my mouth. I'm sorry. It's just really bugging me and I can feel it. So anyway, okay, I'm good. <laughs> sorry. Um, we're going to talk about being in the Spirit. Now, there are different things that people think that that means. And um, back in my denominational life, which we'll talk about a little bit tonight, Uh, That kind of meant, when praying in the Spirit just meant praying with a lot of enthusiasm. (laughs) You know, spirited praying. I think Brother Hagin used to say with physerinctum. You know, (laughs) really spirited praying. And and that's not, that's that's fine, but that's not this. (laughs) And then in the Spirit, um, then once we get baptized in the Holy Ghost and we know about that realm, um, we tend to, can default to thinking that praying in the Spirit means praying in tongues. So if I'm praying in the Spirit, I'm praying in tongues. And that's, tongues are included. But it's not the same. 
Do you see what I'm saying? You can't pray in, the tongue, in tongues and not be very much in the Spirit. You'll be praying with your Spirit. See, Paul said, I will pray with my Spirit in 1 Corinthians 14, and I'll pray with my understanding also. So you can pray with your Spirit without being so much in the Spirit. And then, um, so what is in the Spirit? We want to talk about that. What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Well, it, it, I'm going to say that there are different dimensions of it because it's not, I can't draw a definition from the Bible, so I'm just going to kind of give you a, a region, what I will call in the Spirit. Um, in the Spirit, number one, it does include, and if you're praying in the Spirit, you're going to be praying from your Spirit, from your reborn, your born-again Spirit. You know, how many of you ever prayed out of your, just your brain? <laughs> We can pray just out of our brain sometimes. We just think about a prayer, and that doesn't mean that if you think of a prayer with your brain and pray it, it won't get answered. It, you know, it might, but that's not this. Praying in the Spirit, you're going to be drawing up your prayer out of your reborn spirit. You can do that in other tongues. You can also do that in English. Praying in the Spirit is also going to involve praying with the assistance of and dependency upon the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 is the, is the best uh, verse for that. Romans 8:26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. So, like right there just tells us why Paul says pray at all times in the Spirit, because we don't know what to pray for as we ought. So some things we know to pray about, but we don't know how to pray for them as we ought. So we're always going to need the Holy Spirit. And it says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. Really, he makes intercession with us if you study it all out, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we have the help of the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's a part of praying in the Spirit. But even saying those two things... That is not the totality of it. There's one more aspect I want us to talk about tonight. And that is when you're praying in the Spirit. I'm going to quote Brother Hagen. He's our father in the faith, and I know he's the father in the faith of your pastors. And, and, and this is really proven to be workable for me, a definition over the years is, that, that you can be more or less in the Spirit. When you're praying in the Spirit, you're praying in the awareness of the realm of God. You are praying more aware. You are more, when you're in the spirit, you're more aware of that realm than you are of the natural realm. And you can be, as Brother Hagen used to say, more or less in the spirit because it's possible to be so in the spirit that you have zero, like you don't know what's happening <laughs> in this realm. When you go out, you know, if somebody has ever prayed for you and you've, you've really literally fallen under the power of God and maybe you missed 30 minutes of the service because you were somewhere else. <laughs> you are in the spirit. And that at that point, you are completely in the spirit because that's the only realm you're aware of. But then also, and that's, that's not real practical to do that a lot of times in everyday life. So we're not really looking to be totally that way. But it is possible to just in your normal prayer life, and this is what we would expect, and I believe this is normal Christianity, that when we do have time, not the kind of prayers you're praying just when you're driving down the road, but when, when you're moving into fellowshipping with God, that we move over into that realm where 
we are more in that realm, more highly aware of that realm, the reality of it, what's happening, who I'm hearing, what I'm seeing. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the morning, about how we function in that realm. But this is a real realm. This spirit realm, it's not like, it's not, sometimes I know I used to picture it kind of really foggy and hazy and kind of translucent. (laughs) You know, like ethereal kind of not, not real like this. But the, the reality is that the spirit realm, it is more real than this realm. It is actually, it, it is a realm of, it's, got, it's full of beings. It's where God is fully manifested. It's where his throne is. It's where angels are moving around. And, you know, in the lower realms of the spirit, there's demonic spirits. Though, honestly, unless God completely directs me towards that, I'm never aware. <laughs> because, you know, like... Uh, there, there, there are heavenlies. There's the, the highest heavenly where the Lord dwells, and I'm going to be there. <laughs> you know, why would I hang around in this gray area where the devils are when I can be up there with him? And so we need to really get it and understand this is a very real realm, and things are happening in that realm, and there is information available in that realm <laughs> by the Holy Ghost that you will never get in this realm. And so we can pray about things. Uh, it's so much more fun. It's so much more fun to pray about things and then watch them on the news happen than to pray about the, than to see them on the news and then go pray. It's really, really fun to be out beyond that. And and that is a reality in the realm of the spirit. All of there's all this wonderful, amazing reality in this spirit realm and and as believers this is something i believe god wants us to get highly aware of we should be more aware of this than we can god's helping us to be more aware of this that we are that we are strange creatures as christians we are yeah the bible says this scripture we are peculiar people um we are in we are indeed peculiar and we need to embrace our peculiarity we do because to function like we're supposed to function on this earth we need to understand that we are not like people that are not born again we love them and they can be like us if they get born again but we're not like them we are uh we are from another place (laughs) we we live in flesh bodies but we carry on the inside of us a reborn spirit, a spirit that is of God. It says in, in 2 Corinthians 5, um, around 17, it talks about where the righteousness of God and that all things are of God that are on the inside of us. So really, we're wall-to-wall God on the inside. We are, we are containers of the glory of God. We are citizens of heaven. Now, we know all this in our brain, but it's time we really understood this is a reality. You live in two realms at one time. You are both, you have your feet on your body, you know, no, I don't need to preach to you about you're on the earth. You got that. (laughs) So we won't preach about that. But at the same time, and just as truly and even more truly, then you are on the earth You are, the Bible says, 
you have been raised up together with Christ and seated with him in the heavenlies. Ephesians 2, uh, 6 says that. So it doesn't say you're going to be. It says that God has raised you up together with him. He has seated you there. Now, we have thought of this in, um, at least I have. (laughs) For years, I thought of this more metaphorically. You know, it's like, well, yeah, kind of metaphorically speaking. No, not metaphorically. Really. Really. On the inside of you, you are in heaven. You are a spirit being and you are connected and you actually are there now. Now, you, that, sounds, that sounds like a crazy talk except for now it's even science. Do you know that? I, I can't go too deep into this because I don't know anything about it, but I can read things. And <laughs> I read um, that with all this, this new, the new physics, uh, quantum physics that they're coming up with, that even, and this is an earthly thing, This is a natural thing that they've been able to prove that science is stunned to find out that one single molecule can be in two places at one time. They've found that that it's the same molecule, but it's two places. Now, how they figured that out, I don't know. But that defies logic. But it's the same thing, but it's occupying two different spaces at one time. But I just went off on the inside when I read that because I thought, That's a picture. That's a picture of the believer. Because I'm walking here down on the earth. But I am also raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places. Um, I give you another. Colossians 1 talks about this too. It says we were raised with Christ. And then it says this. It says um, that we were seated with him in Colossians 3, 2, it says you, you were raised with Christ. If you then were raised with Christ, uh, then seek those things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Okay, now, I think one of the th- things that has tripped us up as in functioning and operating in the reality of what it means to be, you know, a spirit-led believer is we just get religious about stuff. <laughs> you know, so we make that verse just say, and I'm not saying it doesn't say this, but, you know, we're just to look for, we're just to look for spiritual things and not to care about the natural. But, but really, what that verse is showing you is when it says for you that you are raised with Christ now, and then it says seek the things that are there, not the things that are on the earth. Well, if I'm going to seek something I have to, that's in a certain place, I have to be able to go to that place, right? I mean, think about this. Kelly and I live in a two-story house. So, so what, if, what if we put a wall, you know, up to the second level so you couldn't get up there? And I told Kelly, go look upstairs for, for, you know, this thing that you need. It's like, well, when can I get there? After you die. What kind, isn't that kind of how we've done? You know, when you get to heaven with, with Christ after you die. So how am I supposed to find something there if I can't get there? I can't. So, yeah, your body, our, we won't be physically there. There's the coming a time when our bodies will be changed. But I just want you to get this as a reality that when, when, God, when, 
when the Lord said, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated, he's going, you know, you're there. In other words, go move over into that realm. Focus and go into, press into your awareness of that realm. Because that realm is where your answers are. That realm is where your provision is. That realm is where your wisdom is. That realm is where your authority is. Everything is there. Not here. So, um, so anyway, and also Hebrews 12, we have this Hebrews 12:22. if you want to look at that, I love this. Sometimes, a lot of times actually, when I'm praying, this helps me to get over into the realm of the spirit, into the awareness of the spirit. Hebrews 12:22 says, you have come, everybody say have come, have come, to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. That's where you have come. I'm telling you what, you want to pray with some faith? Pray from that place. You know, so often when we are praying, we are like, we are down, we are so down on the earth. <laughs> and we are praying in the middle of the problem. And we are looking at the problem. And we are looking at the devil. And we are looking at this circumstance. And we are looking at that circumstance. And, and yet, we could do this. We could pray for Mount Zion because we are there. Amen. I'm telling you what, I got excited the other day. Uh, this happens to me, may happen to you. You know, different people function different ways in the spirit. But one of the ways that the Holy Ghost functions in, with me when I'm praying in other tongues, uh, my tongues will just turn into English phrases for, sporadically. And I may or may not understand why I said that. But, um, but I had just been praying so much about angels lately. This angels and, you know, angels on assignment and the angels open the door. I even got some the other day. I told Kelly, I don't even know. May 7th, May 7th, the angels open the door. I'm like. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but, but it made me aware of the angels. You know, it was just the Holy Ghost praying out mysteries. But, but that got me over into Hebrews 12. And I've begun to be aware as I'm praying. Yes, I'm praying to Jesus. I'm praying to any angel. I'm praying to the Father in the name of Jesus. I'm aware that Jesus is right there. The Father's right there, you know. But now I'm becoming aware that there is an innumerable company of angels. Innumerable is a nice word when you're talking about angels. Because, you know, in our limited mind, we're like, well, you know, how many angels could God put on my assignment? How many you need? He's got innumerable. And so you get over into the awareness, I am praying in that realm. I am in that place. And in that place, when, when I am more aware of that place, and I'm aware of Jesus and, and the Father. And oh, also, I just have to say this. Because lately I've fallen more in love with the body of Christ than I've ever been before. Which is a good thing since I'm around them all the time. <laughs> and and I, it's not that I didn't love people. I did. But there is something so beautiful when you get, in, when you get over in the awareness and you're praying. And this, to me, this is, a, this is a mark of more and more as we mature and grow in prayer. I've noticed that. Truly, truly growing in prayer makes you more loving. Because that's the way Jesus is. 
And and so I was praying the other day from Mount Zion and enjoying my awareness of Mount Zion. And I got to thinking about the spirits of just men made perfect. That I'm praying in the church, in the assembly of the church. There's a lot of other people up there with us, you know, <laughs> that we don't know who also are in that place. Some of them are down here on their bodies and just up there spiritually. Um, some of them are just completely up there spiritually. But I began to just get this wonderful revelation of that. You know, from the Father's perspective, we are already perfect. I mean, we are made perfect. Our spirits, we are spirits of just men made perfect. And everybody looked really beautiful from that perspective. You know, when you can kind of just like let their flesh go to, you know, whatever. (laughs) And you just see who they are. You can pray. Talk about being able to pray for people. You pray for the body of Christ from that revelation. There's power in it. So that's where, that's what realm of the spirit. Also, 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And so that's such a perplexing sentence. You know, really, unless you're born again, you could not even understand that. Because it says we're looking at things that are not seen. (laughs) How do you look at things that are not seen? You look at them with the eyes of your spirit. So we begin to see these eternal things um, in the realm of the spirit. And that's what puts us over more and the more we get over there. And and it's, it's, it's like endless exploration. This is a really infinite realm. It's most amazing, this realm. So, so I, I want to share with you just briefly something that happened to me. And, uh, because when I first discovered this realm, I had, I had come out of the denominational church. Well, what happened was this. I, I grew up in a denominational church, got very frustrated. They were precious people, and they taught me the word. They taught me all they knew, and what they taught me was good. But it just didn't go very far. They didn't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They didn't know about um, that, that God still worked miracles today, that the power of God was still accessible today and all that. So I was told a lot of things were passed away. Well, that frustrated me. <laughs> you know, because to me, it's like, well, it's either true or it's not true. So, which is it? And so I, I kind of rejected the Christian life for a while, never really God didn't reject God, but went off and got, got off track and ruined my life, which you tend to do when you're without God. And, um, but then I got hungry because I really was born again, and I wasn't satisfied out there in the world, out there in that pig pen. And so I got really, really hungry for Jesus. And I'll never forget when I went to, I went to a church. I went back to the church that I went to. It was the same denominational church. When I was a kid, that's all I knew. And I went in and I just knew I was really hungry. And the pastor preached the night that I went. He preached on the Judeo-Christian ethic. I'll never forget that sermon, the Judeo-Christian ethic. And I'm sure it was a great sermon. And, and it's a good thing to preach on. But I came out almost in tears, <laughs> and I looked at the person that I came with, and I said, I want Jesus. I don't want an ethic. I want a person. I need a relationship with Jesus. And um, that was very key. I tell you that for a reason. 
because that was the like my heartbeat at that time. I had I had messed up. I had flesh stuff clinging all over me. <laughs> you know, I was in a bad shape. But my heart wanted Jesus and relationship with Him. And so I began to study the Bible on my own, and I would and I would get sometimes by myself and pray and just go I want more I want to know you and so one day I was praying like that and I was praying in English and then all of a sudden I was not praying in English I was praying in an unknown tongue and my brain went uh oh (laughs) because they had warned me in my church about people that did that and that that was probably not the most acceptable thing to do in my church but I knew I knew by the witness on the inside of me, that was wonderful. And so I got baptized in the Holy Spirit that way. And, um, and it was a wonderful encounter. It's like, it's like I accidentally found my way into the spirit realm. <laughs> and it was wonderful, and a thing happened to me, and, and I got this language. And then I found I could use this language whenever I wanted to. And then, um, so I started, I had this... This was my agreement with God, and, and I'm sure you guys have already all had this agreement, but I like to share this because if there is one decision that changed my life forever besides just receiving Jesus as Lord, this is the decision that I made the decision that for the rest of my life, the first thing I would do every single day is meet with Jesus. And the Lord told me, and by that time I had messed up so many areas of my life. I had children. I had a bad marriage. I had a lot of stuff that was bad. And I could not, there was no path to fix all that. And the Lord just said, show up every morning. Meet with me. And we will get this worked out. And so I did that. And at first when I started to pray, I, I, I didn't expect, I really didn't expect to have that encounter again. I was grateful for that, but like wow that's cool (laughs) you know if that never happened again I felt like I was blessed I could still speak in those tongues and now it's good and so I would have what I call my quiet time and and I was say you know I called it quiet time because that's what I learned from my denomination because your quiet time was when you talked to God and he was quiet You (laughs) (laughs) you didn't really expect him to say anything back or you know do anything and so I just came, but I, I came with a hunger for him, came with a hunger to find him. And so I would read my Bible, and then I would say whatever prayer thing that I had to say. And then every once in a while, this thing started happening, and, and what would happen was the presence of the Lord would come. And I could sense him. It was like he was there. And I know that's like so familiar to you guys, but that was not familiar to me. I was afraid to move. I didn't want to mess it up. But he's here. <laughs> and, and I loved it. But then I couldn't find my way back. I felt like Alice in Wonderland. Do you know how you know, she fell through the looking glass? And it's like, you know, how, how, do you, how do you get back? It was an accident. It kept being an accident that I found myself in the spirit. And so it was like this big mysterious thing that was very frustrating to me. Because when I, I began to learn and... and intercessory prayer began to come on me interesting things would happen to me when i got in the awareness of that realm when i got in the awareness of god and when his presence became very real and manifest unusual what seemed unusual they weren't but to me they were unusual things began to happen one of the things that happened was i began to get an intercessory kind of burdens and i would just like oh i have the 
I have to pray and cry. <laughs> and I would pray in other tongues and cry and go, I, I don't know why I'm praying and crying. But, and I probably would have stopped it except for the first time that happened. I, I had, when it started, I was praying for someone in my family that was in a terrible bondage, in a very sinful bondage, but they couldn't get out. And, and I knew it was going to ruin their life. And it wasn't something you could just sit down and talk them out of. You know, because this was like major hard thing. It was. And and I wanted them free so bad. And I'd been praying for them. And while I was praying for them, all of a sudden I'm weeping. And I'm like on my knees going, uh, you know. And and I'm not knowing what that is. Except for I just felt like that that was God. And within a few days of me yielding to that, that person walked in and went, I'm free. I'm just totally free of that. I'm not ever going to do that ever again. And they were free. And it was just God moved on them. And I knew, okay, so whatever that was, <laughs> that was the result. <laughs> so that was a good thing. That was a God thing. So, um, so I told you that because then I began to look for how do I do this every time? Because it wasn't okay with me that it was off and on. You know, it's kind of addictive. That, that realm, being in the presence of the Lord and, and moving over into that realm. I mean, that's where fullness of joy is. That's where everything is. And, and, and so, what, you know, some people would tell me, well, you just have to, you know. And I wasn't seeking an experience. I was seeking the results that came through from that experience, if that makes sense. It transformed me, for one thing. And then it, it enabled me to, to work with God in prayer. And so... I tried all different things, and I could not find a formula. <laughs> there was no formula. It was so frustrating <laughs> to not have a formula. And, and I tried formulas because some people have them. <laughs> and, and I'm sure the people that teach those formulas, it is helpful to them. But I about killed my prayer life trying to follow other people's formulas. It didn't work. And, and so then I w- it seemed like I would find my way and went on and I just try I think it's this song this song is, it's like if I sing this song every time and no it wasn't that song <laughs> so I couldn't figure out you know what it was and then I began to over time just by experience I'm trying to for those of you that are new uh, save you a lot of time for those of you old timers this will just enhance your own experience but for me literally for years it was like almost like I go into my prayer time and go, I hope it happens today. <laughs> I hope it comes, you know. And it's not like I wasn't naive enough to think that God was absent from my prayers, but it was like I, I, there wasn't that place. You know what I'm saying? But then over time, now there's one thing about if if you're just tenacious. I mean, just being just persevering will get you a lot of places. And so I just was not going to give up. Because, like, my life depended on this. I had to figure this thing out. And so I would just show up day after day. And I began to notice there were certain, certain, it was like a path that I would go down, you know. And I would begin to worship. And I would begin to thank Jesus for his precious, beautiful blood that was shed for me. And, I, you know, I wasn't trying to do a thing. I was just loving on Jesus. And I... It began, I began to like wear a pathway because it seemed like whenever this pathway, it always took me there. 
And when I went that path, now there's not that there's not another, you know, I didn't, it would be different. It wasn't identical. But there's the general flow to it. And I actually tried not to analyze it too much because I didn't want to mess it up. (laughs) I'm just doing it. But then after a while, especially after I started teaching prayer, you know, you want to be able to share it better. You don't want it to be vague for people, and God did not mean for it to be vague to us. He did not mean for us to have a great prayer time one morning and a dry prayer time the next morning. And I, I will tell you this. I love all people, but I will not sign on <laughs> to the people's teachings that say that sometimes God hides himself and he puts you through a dry time and doesn't let you experience his presence so he can test your faith. Hogwash. Hogwash. Jesus, he, he, he bore on the cross the separation from God, so I never have to be separated from him. And so if there is a problem with me getting to move over into that place anytime I want to, the problem is not on his end. <laughs> the problem is on my end. And, it, and he is willing and wanting to help me. So he did help me, but then I... I, and, and this is just even more recent because I, more recently I thought, I want to make this very simple and articulate because for me, the more I've discovered this, the faster it is. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, used to be, it was like, and, and sometimes it can be this way depending on what's going on in your natural life. When you start to pray, you know, and it's like natural is hitting you, hitting you. It can take a little while to get over but once I begin to really identify and understand some things, it's like I could plow through that so fast and get over there in the realm with God. And so I was fellowshipping with him about it one day and even just recently. And I was like, well, what's the easiest way to say this? <laughs> and he talked to me out of the scriptures. Ha, huh? big surprise, huh? He answered me right away. It's like, how's the best way to share with people how to access and press into the spirit realm and to get over that realm? And I heard this scripture, I am the door. Jesus said, I am the door. He's the door of the sheep. He said in John 10, Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And of course he's talking about his own sheep that that he calls by name and they know his voice. He said, I'm the door and all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, this is the thing about the Bible and here's where we have to be careful that we don't start saying, I know that. Yeah, I know that verse. Because we interpret that verse generally and very accurately to refer to the new birth. He is the door. He is the door out of sin and into the kingdom of God. He is the door of, you know, from the flesh into the spirit. But but we have relegated that almost in our minds to a one-time thing. That we thought, yeah, well, Jesus was the door when I get born again. And now, you know, every day I've got to come in the presence of God. How do I get there? Jesus is the door. <laughs> he is the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is just as much the door now as he was the door the day we got saved. 
And this is something I believe in the body of Christ. We've got to get over this. We've got to stop looking for new answers. <laughs> because we got the answer. And His name is Jesus. And we have complicated things up pretty bad. <laughs> Some of us, I, I've done it, you know, too. And time's passed, but I'm getting better. I'm getting smarter. And I'm understanding that the simplicity of who Christ is. He said in, in, in John 14, he repeated this in a way. Now, let's say, let me say this about this. I love this. That he says he will go out and in and out and find pasture through me. So I think that's interesting. You'll go in and out. Now, I used to think of that as, okay, I, I come and go, <laughs> like to different pastors. I, it's not how I see it now. How I see it is, what happens when you step over into the realm of the Spirit? You step out of the realm of the natural. That's what happened when you came into the kingdom of God. You went in to the kingdom and you went out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So when you are looking to move into God, you're looking to move out of something else, always. And so when I went to fellowship with him, like the other morning, I lead, I lead a prayer group on Saturday morning early. And I stay up sometimes late on Friday night, which is not a good combination. And I got up, ready, you know, and get, need to get ready for prayer Saturday morning. And that particular Saturday morning, I just felt like a big blob of flesh. You ever just get up and it's like, really, do I even have a spirit? I mean, <laughs> I think I'm just a flesh blob today. <laughs> it was just like there was nothing there. But it was so awesome because I didn't, you know, it's like, okay, I'm fixing to really be on now. People are going to expect me to be in the spirit. But I, did, I, could, I could relax because I got the door. And I and and within just a few minutes, I was out of that flesh blob place. I don't even remember that I felt like a flesh blob. And I'm like, I'm all flowing and bubbling with the Spirit. Can't wait to get to prayer. The same Jesus doing the same thing for me that He did when I got born again. That He did with me, you know, in those times as I came in through the door. And John 14, I want to just give you another confirmation of this. Jesus said. I am the way. This is so true in prayer. You guys, this is so simple. And sometimes we think if we're going to get be really skilled in prayer, we're going to be complicated. No. We're going to be, the more skilled we are, the more simple we're going to be. And he was the way to get into this, the kingdom of God, and he is the way for us to move deeper into the kingdom of God. Is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, when we pray, obviously we're praying to the Father in Jesus' name. I mean, that's what he taught us to do. But we never do even get to the Father without accessing our union with Christ. And sometimes we can forget that. I even, this is, n none of you would do this, but just to show you how extreme this can get, I was fellowshipping with a man in a church we went to a few years ago, and he was born again, and, and he, loved, he loved the Lord, but he said this, I actually respected him for being honest, you know, sometimes we have things that are true, but we won't say it out loud, but he said it out loud, he said, I don't really have so much use for Jesus anymore, I'm like, what, and, and he said, yeah, he said, I mean, he, he did the thing. I mean, he made it so I could go to the Father. 
the Father's greater than him. Why do I need Jesus anymore? I just go to the Father. Well, he didn't mean to be disrespectful. Do you see what I'm saying? He's just, he's just not. He's not understanding. <laughs> but, but I think to a degree we can slip into that without being aware of it. You know, and just going straight to the Father. Well, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> but whether you're aware of it or not, if you went to the Father, you got there through Jesus. Because he is the mediator. Hebrews doesn't say he was one time the mediator and he mediated and now you're good to go. No, he is always, always the way into, into the presence of the Father. And the more we are aware that of him, the more we are aware of him as the way, the quicker and the easier we, go, we learn to go into that realm. Does this make sense to you guys? Yeah. Um, Ephesians 2.18 says this, Through him we have access. Everybody say access. access. By one spirit to the Father. I just want to read you three different scriptures to just kind of confirm this. Also in um, Ephesians 3.12 it talks about Jesus Christ our Lord. It says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. We have access to the Father with confidence and Boldness, I like that. We get to be bold. Because I wasn't bold for a long time. Because I always thought, thought maybe that might offend God. <laughs> you know, so I try to get really, really low. I think somebody taught me that. That, you know, Jesus, be really low and I'm really low and humble and unworthy. And that then, then that, would, that would make me acceptable to the Father. It never worked. <laughs> But I tried it for a while. And, but this says, no, when you go in with access to, through Jesus, when you use the door, you get to come through the door with boldness. You get to come in with confidence. You don't have to go into prayer wondering, I wonder if I'm going to experience the presence of the Lord today. I wonder if I'm going to hear his voice or get a leading. You don't have to wonder. You go in knowing this is how it's going to be. Not because I'm somebody come, because he's somebody come. And he's my access. Isn't that good? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So in Hebrews um, 10:19-22, really familiar scripture. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter. That's that word boldness again. To enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way. I'll just tell you this. One of my favorite songs to sing is, Oh, the blood of Jesus. You know, only I change it. I sing it to the Father and I say, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. Every morning almost I sing that. Because there is access through that blood. And it says, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us. Who consecrated it for us? Jesus. Through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And so I love that because that is totally the picture. And I, I, you know, everybody, we get our own pictures in our heart. But I have a picture of a blood-washed hallway through which I access the presence of God. And I go in and... and Again, we'll talk about this more tomorrow morning. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about different ways that the Holy Ghost helps us in this access and helps us to move and pray in the Spirit. 
But I love this thing, one thing that he does. He will, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. And, and sometimes he'll just give me a picture. And the picture he gives me might not be the same one he gives you. Because it's tailor-made for me. But, but it takes me to a higher place. It gives me even more confident access. And recently I was praying over these scriptures. And, and I was, you know, I was aware of the Father. And it was kind of like, well, I don't know who to look at. The Father or Jesus, <laughs> you know, I'm just like loving them both and enjoying both of them. And suddenly I just had this picture of I, I was standing before the Father and I was talking to him. But holding my hand was a, was a hand with a nail hole in it. And I was holding the hand of Jesus, fellowshipping with the Father, knowing my union with him, my access my freedom, my boldness of speech. Why? Because whose hand am I holding? Yeah. I'm hand, holding the hand of my Redeemer. Yeah. I'm holding the hand that shed the blood that washed me clean. Yeah. I'm telling you, the devil will have a hard time keeping us out of the presence of the Lord with that awareness. Now I want to close with this. And, and as we access the presence of God in the spirit realm, we do so through our union with Jesus. Now, this is what I want you to get because for all of us at whatever level we are, this is where we're at. We increase in our spirit-led prayers as we grow in our awareness of what is ours through our union with him. To the more aware we become. You know, you can know something in your brain but not be aware of it. And this is, this is our 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 not challenge, opportunity as if we want to grow in our walk with God. And that is to grow and increase in our awareness of our union with Him and what that means. And I, I really think sometimes that we have gone on rabbit trails in the body of Christ about prayer and it's like, well, you know, you do this and do this and there's all these how-tos. And there are some good how-tos. There are prayer principles. There are principles of faith. They're absolutely key. If you don't know how to function with those, those it'll really trip you up. But they're pretty basic. They're pretty simple. And, and I'm very wary when things start getting complicated. It's like, well, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and there's all this other. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> what I need to do is grow in my awareness <laughs> of my union with Christ. Because the more aware I am, the more I can access the one who has all the answers. The more I can stand in the authority and power that already belongs to me. The, the more I can move into and do what I have a right to do. The truth is we're seated with him. We have the authority to exercise dominion over everything that concerns us in our life and anything God would tell us to exercise authority over. Why aren't we? It's not because we don't know all the steps or anything it's because we have not yet grown up to the place in our awareness of our union where we can actually do that with faith when you grow in your place in christ to a certain place you will suddenly find yourself in a whole new level of authority not because you are different it's just because you're more aware so these are i want to emphasize these three things and we'll be finished number one is this one thing that will will take us deeper into the realm of the spirit is to to grow in our awareness 
that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is now no condemnation. You know, in, in some versions it says, who walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. But you know what? If you're walking in awareness of your union with Jesus, you're not going to be walking in the flesh. <laughs> you're going to be walking in the Spirit. And, and you might say, well, I know that. I know there's no condemnation to me. I challenge you. And I would say, there probably is some condemnation clinging to you. And here's how I know. Because I've been doing this for a while. And the Lord, sometimes he'll just fix something without even telling you it's broke. <laughs> and, you, and you realize after he fixed it, wow, that was broke. <laughs> and I was, I was just fellowshipping with the Lord just not all that long ago one morning. And, um, and I, I, was, I had access to his presence. You know, now I, I preach, and I, and I do. You could ask Kelly. I think I, I call myself God's favorite. <laughs> I, walk in, I walk in a lot of, you know, a precious revelation of I know that the Lord loves me and, and receives me. But I was fellowshipping with him, and suddenly I, I had a vision. It was in my heart. It wasn't in front of my eyes. It was the kind of vision all believers have. Okay. Anybody can have this. Um, everybody should. And so... Uh, but very clear in my spirit, Jesus himself, it was like he walked in the room where I was praying, and I saw him. I'd already sensed him, but I saw him in my spirit. And he took my hands. I was sitting in my pink rocking chair where I pray. He took my hands, and he kind of sat down in front of me, looked at me in the eyes, and he started to sing to me. Now, I was not prepared for this. <laughs> this is not something I would think up in my mind. This was not my imagination. My imagination had never, ever come up with such a, such a scenario. And the song he sang was the Oak Joe Cocker song, which actually was a worship song, so this is not sacrilegious. But you know that song, You Are So Beautiful to Me. That was originally wish, written as a worship song. And the words go, You are so beautiful to me, can't you see? You're everything I hoped for. You're everything I need. You are so beautiful to me. Well, Jesus is singing this to me. I've sung it to him before, but he's singing it to me. Well, I'm like a mess. I'm totally like, you know, Kleenexes, and it's just a mess, and I'm just sobbing. And he sang it through once, and I'm like, I can hardly breathe because this is an intense encounter. And, he's, and so he sang it again. I'm like, I'm almost like, stop. <laughs> And so he sang it again, and when he got to your everything I hoped for, your everything I need, I found myself saying, I'm not. I'm not. And he said, you see, you are. And I did not know that somewhere buried still deep in there was some condemnation. Something that said, yeah, you know, you still disappoint the Lord a lot. He still, he still hoped for more from you. He still, he still needs more from you. And it's like he went, no. You're everything I hoped for. You're everything I need. And, and when he said that, and, and I want to put this in context, because I knew immediately, and this is how it is, when you're in the Spirit, and the Lord Jesus ministers to you, you know exactly what he means. And he did not mean that I get everything right. And he didn't mean that I don't ever have to repent of anything. And that I'm all grown up and perfect on the outside. What he meant is, 
I am looking at who you are, who I created you to be, who I know you to be, and you are all that I wanted. And suddenly that verse, after he sang that, and after he, you know, the vision vanished, and I was sitting there, you know, and, <laughs> and this scripture came to me, there is therefore now no condemnation. You don't have to be condemned about anything. You are beautiful to him. He made me know at the same time when he was singing it, actually, and this is, this is how Jesus works, you know. He, he sang it to me, and when I'm feeling like completely drenched in love, it's like he put his arm around me, and then he showed me the rest of the body of Christ, and he said, they're so beautiful to me. He made me to know the way he sees me, that's the way he sees you and you and you. I'm very special, but I'm not unique. <laughs> not that way. Do you know what I'm saying? And so that, I, there's no condemnation. Number two is this. We want to grow in the awareness that we are holy and without blame before him in love. And these two really are attached together. But that's Ephesians 1.4. And it says actually that you are before God, holy and without blame. And that, those two words, before God, I love those. I, I researched them in the Greek. And it means it, to look like if you are in front of somebody and if you could see right down on the inside of the core of who they are. When he looks, he looks all the way, he penetrates all the way past all the mistakes and all the stuff you don't know yet and looks at who you are. And he says, blameless, holy. Man, you can come in with some confidence when you've got that awareness going. And the third thing is this, and this is Colossians 2.10, that we are complete in Christ. Now, I could preach a whole message on that, but this was something, this is something that lately the Lord has really been bringing alive to me. It's taken my prayer life to a whole nother level. But how many of you, when you like you go, and all we all do, we go to pray in the Spirit, which is, you know, this is, we're all in this huge learning curve, and you feel inadequate. You ever feel inadequate? And it's like, I don't have what it takes. <laughs> and Colossians says, you know, in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and it says, and you are complete in Him. Everything that we need to do what He wants us to do in prayer at this stage in our life, or really in anything else, is in us. Now, we are complete in him. So I can just wipe off the table this whole inadequacy fear thing and go, okay, whatever it is, I probably don't even know I got it. But I got it. (laughs) Because I'm in Christ. I got what it takes. I am complete in him. And then the last thing is this, um, that we are accepted. This is Ephesians 1.6. We are accepted in the beloved. And these things are so closely tied together. They may sound the same, but they're different dimensions. And I want you to get this because this has helped me so much, so much in my boldness in following the Holy Ghost in prayer, is that, okay, we are all growing. And I, I just came from a background where I didn't want to make a mistake because mistakes when I was growing up, that was not a good thing that could get you in bad trouble. Spilled milk at my house was not just spilled milk. <laughs> it was like, you know, trauma. And so I had kind of like ingrained in me this, I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to make a mistake and I'll go, I'll think I'm being spirit and I'll be being stupid because I missed it, you know. 
And, and what the Lord said has really ministered this to me, and this is crucial if we're going to move in spirit-led prayer, is, okay, look, you are on a learning curve. You will make mistakes. You will not get it right every time. But you are accepted in the beloved. In other words, our, he, our, he knows where you're at. Like think, you think about where your children are. Okay, when my child was four and they made their bed and they left their stuffed rabbit underneath the cover so that the bed is like, you know, it's got a big lump in it. And I went, that's great, darling. I love that you did such a great job on your bed. And I, that's what I would say. Because the fact that they were four and they even tried to make their bed, that's awesome. <laughs> now, if they're 15 and you come in and they've made their bed and all their school books, books are all lumpy under it. It's like, excuse me, we got to talk. <laughs> you know, that's not how you make a bed. But what the Lord showed me this is, okay, the ex- we are in Christ. He is in us. We are in him. We are accepted in him. Like you're in a Ziploc bag filled with Christ. <laughs> okay. All of his acceptableness is you are engulfed in it. Not only is he in you, you are engulfed in your, his acceptableness. So as long as we are pursuing God with all the faith that we have at this level, as long as we are going after him with the best we know in our heart, he is going, come on, baby, come on. That's great. That's awesome. You miss it? He's like, don't worry about it. Come on. Let's go. He, he, is, he is just pleased and accepting of you. So you can be bold and make a mistake. And if you do, so it. Because his opinion counts as his. And so when you get to that place, and it takes faith to flow in the Holy Spirit. We'll talk about this tomorrow. But, you know, it does. It, you, can, you can get a prayer of the Bible or out of a book and just pray. It doesn't take a lot of faith, you know. And just, okay, the words are there. I just say that. I know it got it right. But when you're endeavoring... To, to yield to the promptings of the Spirit. And I, you think you got a word of knowledge, so I'm going to pray out this way. And your brain goes, what? You know, that doesn't even make sense. And, and you got to have this boldness going on to know that you're okay with God, that you got what it takes. If you missed it, God won't fall off his throne and that he won't. I'll tell you this because this helped me a lot. Because I was praying one day and God said this to me. He goes, I don't roll my eyes at you. Did you know that? And, and when he said, again, it was like, I didn't know it was broke till he fixed it. I, I realized, I think that sometimes, I, I think that I'll miss it and he'll go. You know, like my dad used to do, uh, you know, really? You still haven't gotten that yet. And he said, I don't roll my eyes at you. You roll your eyes at you, but I don't. He said, I'm always pleased at whatever level that you're at, as long as you're pressing into me, to yield to me. And so... Um, this is the adventure, and, and, and this is where prayer gets so fun. Because when we throw up all this, we get liberated. When we're more, the more we're liberated, not like you get liberated once and for all, but we're progressively being liberated by our union with Christ. From all the stuff that held us back, and we begin to move over and more, because that condemnation, that fear of failure, that fear of mistakes, that will keep you out of the spirit realm. That will keep you aware of you. This is the beauty. This is why I love to be in the spirit. Because guess who I'm totally not aware of when I'm in the spirit? Me. Don't you ever just get sick of yourself? It's like, really? Can't we just forget about myself? And just, like, be free? And, and when I'm in the spirit, 
I'm aware of him. I'm aware of whatever we're praying about. I'm like not aware of me. So the more this grows, the freer access that I have and that we will have. And this, as we begin to do this together, can you like talk about rocking it in corporate <laughs> prayer? I mean, you get a bunch of people together, and, and I'm not even afraid to miss it in front of you because I know you're going to love me, and you know what I'm saying? And then we can just yield to God, and we can go, and the devil's terrified. He's terrified we're going to do this, but we are, and we're going to do it more and more. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, I preached enough tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Pastor, do you want to close it? What do you want to do? You want to close? He is going to close it. I love you guys. Come back tomorrow. Well, as I said, we'll take up our offering here at the end of the service. If you need an offering envelope, just raise your hand. Our ushers are in the back, and they will come around and get you one. Don't take your hand down until they come over and get you. If you're making out a check, you can make it out to Zoe, ZCF, or Zoe Christian Fellowship. Whatever is preferable for you, it all works. We will give them one big check here in the end. You don't have to designate it for them. Everything coming in the offering is for them. And we'll do the same thing for tomorrow as well. Um, while you're getting your, your checks, checks ready, and thousand is spelled T-H-O-U. Everybody asked ask that. You were making a statement. I don't know that everybody got it all down uh, towards the end. Uh, we increase in our awareness of our union with him, and then you continue that. You want to just say that again? Just so that everybody makes sure that they they got that. I was pretty sure that you had it written down. That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. As we we increase in our spirit led prayer as we grow in our awareness of what's ours through our union with Him, we access the presence of God. In the, in the spirit realm, we do so through our union with Jesus. All right. Anybody need that again? Yeah. Ask now. <laughs> okay. I'll just read the lesson again. We increase in our spirit-led prayer as we grow in our awareness of what's ours through our union with him. All right. We got it? Uh-huh. All right. If not, it'll be up there and posted on the... On the internet. Ushers, come on.